Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Talking about the church today and perhaps in the way of getting back on the front foot, hard not to notice that the good work of Christian churches has not been so prominent when headlines have been dominated by scandal or with the idea that even internal conflict keeps the church from fulfilling its primary purposes. But there are some significant signs that in many communities times are changing and the image of the Christian church is bouncing back to one where churches are being seen as a force for good. A relatively new influence in Australia is coming from the Cinnamon Network that's helping to activate and resource local churches and community organisations to transform their communities. They've been helping Australian communities identify the amazing social impact of the combined work of churches. Yes, and they've got some runs on the board and we'll talk about some of those things today. They're becoming a resource to saving churches from having to reinvent the wheel every time you want to get a project off the ground. Well, the effects have been in the strengthening of community networks, replicating best practice projects and measuring social impact. Let's get some insights today from Nick Mackay. Nick Mackay, sorry, I'm getting your name here uh, confused, Nick. A social entrepreneur, author and national director of Cinnamon Network Australia. Nick, welcome back to 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. It's uh, it's McKay, but I answer to anything, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there was a little element of confusion there. Nick McKay. Uh, I'll try not to mess that up as we go. Hey, Nick, you know, um, I'm going to invite listeners to join in our conversation today. We're going to talk about, you know, hopefully not just uh, grievances and concerns, but also solutions. Let me come to this idea, Nick. You say that you believe the church can and should be the most powerful source or force for good in the world, that we might feel like we're falling short. Give us your impression here of where you think we are and what we should be. Wow, that's a big question. Uh, I I do believe what you've just articulated about the, the power of the church and our ability to be a uh, a force for good and a source of hope for the world. Indeed, I think that is because we know that God is the hope of the world. And so if we are doing our best to reflect his image, however imperfectly, then we should be a source of light and of love and of inspiration and uh, healing and uh, and all good things for, for not only within the church and within the Christian community, but to the to the wider community. I think that perhaps part of the challenge for us and the ways in which we are falling short uh, is linked to <laughs> is linked to our, our, our concept of church. Well, I think what we've seen over the last uh, twelve months, in particular, 
uh, with the, the COVID pandemic is that church has to be more than a building. Um, indeed, it always has been. The church is people. The church is us uh, as believers. Uh, and buildings, uh, the, the buildings of the church and of local churches form an essential part of the work that we do. It's lovely to have um, and essential to have somewhere to come and, and gather and, and, a, and a resource for others. Uh, but the church should be like uh, I was having a conversation the other day with a with a pastor who referred to us as being as need to be like leaven. We should be out there in the community, in uh, in and amongst the, the the people in our world, uh, and and demonstrating that uh, that love of God wherever we go. And I think that perhaps part of our challenge is when we will we focus too much on ourselves, too much on our buildings, too much on what happens within the walls, and and um, and forget that. Uh, what we are called to be is so much more than that, beyond our buildings, beyond our own personal lives, into the world, into the lives of others, and being the church uh, on a day-to-day basis. That, I think, is when we are the best advertisement um, for God, for our own faith, um, and it's also when we have the opportunity to encounter God in, in new and beautiful ways. Well, you know, there's an estimated uh, 15,000 odd churches in Australia. So what we're talking about when we talk about the Christian church, it's big and it reaches into every area of life. And as you say, sometimes it uh, focuses on leaders. Uh, sometimes people neglect the idea that the church is, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus, the people of the local church and the influence they have in the community. But there's a community image, isn't there? of the Christian church and we might all sway from one end to the other uh, depending on how we feel each day what are your thoughts on if there's an objective way of talking about how the image of the Christian church is in Australia right now yeah it's a really interesting question I think that what we've seen through research uh, that's come out in the last few years from McCrindle and, and other sources is that Actually, the perception of the church and the perception of of Christians is relatively positive. I mean, most people, I think something like 90% of of Australians know at least one Christian in their life. And those who do have a generally positive perception of of who we are and what uh, what we're about. I think the number one uh, definition or number one descriptor was uh, was that we are caring. uh, And that comes well above... um, in more negative perception. So I think that's it's actually wonderful that uh, when ordinary Australians get to know a Christian in their life, they are generally positive about who that person is and, and what they represent. Equally, uh, research is telling us that when uh, Australians have interaction with their local church, again, it tends to be positive because it probably comes in the context of that church reaching out to community in order to uh, share the love of, of Jesus in tangible ways and, and particularly focusing the, on, on those in need, those who might be experiencing vulnerability or isolation or injustice. Um, so it, it's not surprising in many ways that when Australians have, and, and particularly non-believers, have an opportunity to interact with Christians or with the church kind of up close and personal, it's a positive interaction on the whole. I think part of the challenge that we face is that, as I said, we, we're not spending as much time out there in community, living our faith in action uh, in the way that we can and that we should. Uh, and and so when there are less opportunities or indeed no opportunities to uh, to interact with churches and with Christians, then 
uh, people are, are more likely to believe what they uh, hear and see from other sources, um, particularly in, in the media. Um, and in mainstream media, uh, we Christians normally do a pretty poor job, I would say, uh, of articulating who we are and what we're about. Um, and some of that's driven by the desire of the media to, to come up with stories and, and have people on different sides of issues and um, and, and a sense of conflict uh, helps to sell um, papers or drive clicks. Uh, but I think even in that context, we can do a much better job uh, of using the opportunity of being able to speak uh, in, in, in the media and other uh, forums about the things that we're for rather than things that we're against. Uh, and so I think when we do more of that, when, when, when our voice in the media is more aligned with our presence in community uh, and our desire to, um, to love and serve others as we, as we seek to serve God, uh, I think that's actually the, um, the, a, very, a very powerful force for, for um, shaping community attitudes in a positive way about the church and, and, um, and of Christians. Well, when you use that bit of biblical terminology, uh, hiding your light under a bushel, uh, you know, you're a city on a hill, you're a light expected to shine, but if you go into hiding because you feel like, oh, the image isn't good or our church is not doing this, our church is not doing that, and you stop having that interaction with the community as uh, the hands and feet of your local church, the hands and feet of Christ, uh, then people are going to have a different perception of church life. They're going to have a different mm. perception of God. It's just so powerful, isn't it? Because we're not actually talking the leaders here. And yes, there's a public image that leaders have, but there's this image that happens when face-to-face in the community, individuals are connecting with other people in the community and it affects the way people feel about the church. Absolutely. And I, and I think that actually has a much more powerful impact on, on people's attitudes long-term. Uh, people can get, can get over a uh, controversial or unhelpful quote in the media um, from, uh, from a, a Christian leader who you know, may, with all good intentions, um, not articulate themselves in the best way. Uh, but if they have a number of Christians in their circle and they them on their friends and their family um, and those that they have an opportunity to interact with in community, and if those interactions are positive, that's far more likely to shape their perception um, of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Um, but I, I guess to pick up on another bit of, of scripture, Neil, you know, we, the, God talks about us as um, the, the need for us to be salt and light. But but when but but there's the also the risk of us losing our saltiness uh, if if we're not actually putting our faith into action. And I think part of that um, is about what we do in our personal uh, lives and our walk with God. Part of it is what we do within our, our churches and within Christian community. But a big part of it is what we do in the wider community. Um, and when we just get out there, that's how we maintain our saltiness. In fact, that's how we um, add that um, that salt to. Um, the lives of others, uh, and and bring all of the the wonderful things that our faith should uh, to uh, to the world around us. Nick, give us a little update here, Cinnamon Network. And uh, whenever I introduce you, I say this relatively new organisation. And uh, when we first started, it was lots of aspiration, but now there are runs on the board. Cinnamon Network's been running these faith action audits in communities and you've been working with the churches of wider communities and you've been able to identify and even put dollar figures to the social impact that the churches together in a community are having. Give us a little update on where things are at with your faith action audits. 
Yeah, it is wonderful to have some some runs on the board, as you say. Uh, Cinnamon's been around for 10 years in the UK um, and now in uh, existing in a number of countries across the world, but just began in Australia last year. Uh, so we are relatively new, but there's a lot happening, which is um, uh, wonderful and, and uh, you know, great, uh, great, all glory to God, really, for the, the, the doors that he continues to open for us to be able to better serve churches, to help them better serve community. Uh, the Cinnamon Faith Action Audit is our uh, one of the, the services, one of the the, um, the, the points of, um, of support that we offer for churches, uh, as you say, helping to measure the collective social impact of all churches in a geographic region and, and allocating a dollar figure to the value of the time that's been given by churches to serving those in need. We did the first uh, Cinnamon Faith Action Audit at the end of last year in Illawarra, New South Wales. Uh, the results of that were Really, really encouraging uh, in terms of the, the number of community service activities that are being run by churches. Uh, the reach of those activities was, I think, uh, there's 140,000 beneficiary interactions uh, that uh, on an annual basis. That's uh, equivalent to half the population of the region. And, uh, and it was valued at um, the, the social impact value of the work of churches and community in the Illawarra came out at uh, just under $10 million, so $9.7 million a year. Uh, and that's a very conservative uh, figure. So it was, it was really encouraging in terms of the results and demonstrates just how much amazing community service work uh, churches are already involved in. And we're now using uh, the results from Illawarra to... Uh, as cinnamon to be able to uh, continue to, to walk alongside churches in that particular region and help them work out where to next. Uh, what do we do with these results? What, are the, what do they tell us about what we're doing well, what we're not doing so well, what we can be doing better? Uh, and so cinnamon will continue to walk as a, a transformation partner um, with, uh, with the churches in Illawarra. But we're now taking the cinnamon faith action audit across the country uh, to various regions. So we have... Uh, uh, two regions in Victoria that have already signed up to do an, an audit this year. Another one in New South Wales we're in discussion with. I just came back from a, a, a trip in um, up to Queensland uh, and, and we had some very uh, exciting conversations in, in, a, in a, a range of regions uh, up, in, up in Queensland about the possibility of running audits there. Uh, we're looking at having conversations with uh, uh, parts, um, regions over in WA and South Australia. So across the country, really, we see this as being a, a tool that can help bring churches together uh, from all denominations and of all shapes and sizes. Uh, it can open up doors to government and other sectors and start conversations about what we can be better doing together in order to see our communities flourish. And it can also contribute to that broader narrative and perception of the church uh, in community and indeed through the media about what it actually means uh, to be a part of the Australian church and to be a follower of Christ. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Our special guest is Nick McKay. He's National Director of the Cinnamon Network in Australia. Talk back line open, 1-800-316-316. And you can respond to today's Facebook question. If you think the image of the Christian church is bad, what do you think should change to make it better? It's sort of an open-ended question. Could go anywhere and we're taking calls. Let's take a call, Nick, before we move any further. Uh, Graham is on the line from South Australia. Hello, Graham. Welcome. Uh, good morning, Neil and Nick. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I agree pretty well with, with everything that Nick said. Um, uh, I think a lot of churches have to change uh, their paradigm thinking. Um, a couple of things I want to quickly go to. Um, if 
you maybe remember when the quartz watch was first made in Switzerland back in the late 50s, early 60s, uh, the gentleman that made that and invented it took it to the Swiss uh, watchmakers and they said, that's a load of rubbish, take it away, which he did do, took it to the Japanese people who made the watch. The rest is history and 85% of watchmakers in Switzerland uh, went bankrupt. Um, and, and I think that uh, the churches have to realise that same old, same old, same old will not cut it. I mean, uh, we run food programs in our church um, and uh, Christmas time and Easter time gifts to uh, children in schools and in hospitals. And uh, we've seen uh, incredible um, uh, take up of um, uh, people being allowed to come in and to help and to minister in other ways. And then also, um, whilst we've had lockdown, from the first day we had lockdown until just recently, there's been something like 150 people added to our church. People coming and knocking on the wow. church door, even though it was wow. and asking, how, how do I receive Christ to save? And so it's just uh, a matter, I think, of also relying so much more upon what God wants to do and what the Holy Spirit wants to do, not just what we want to do. Graham, what a wonderful insight there into your local church and uh, some great thoughts in that. Nick, what are your thoughts for Graham? Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, Graham. Um, bless you for the work you're doing. That's, that's, uh, that's incredible. Uh, I, I mean, I think that a lot of the times in church and Christian um, leadership circles, you know, we, we distinguish between the, the different elements of, of the work that we do as, as the church, you know, and, and it's, it's a question of, oh, is this a community engagement initiative or is this evangelism or is this discipleship? And uh, while that's helpful to an extent, I don't know if God draws those same distinctions or puts our work in boxes in the same way. Um, I think it's all part of our witness. I think it's all part of our call um, as as uh, as followers of Jesus and and as you've suggested there, you know sometimes one of the most powerful forms of um, of of evangelism, spreading the good news, is is just going out into community and serving people and making ourselves available with no strings, with no conditions, just loving them. And equally, I think it can be one of the the most powerful forms of discipleship uh, for for Christians who are actually the believers believers who are involved in that because. A lot of the time, it's when we get out there and roll up our sleeves when our um, when our faith is put into action that we that we grow uh, and that we grow closer to um, to God. So I, I uh, I'm, I'm not surprised by the by the fact that you've then had many people coming to you as a result of you going out into the community. Uh, but it's a it's a wonderful encouragement for others that uh, it, it's uh, it's all part of the the work that we're called to called to do as um, as Christians. Hey Graham, I note you're a truck driver. Are you out driving today? Uh, yes, correct. I'm uh, heading up to a place called Port Wakefield. Um, we we cut um, uh, livestock back in for um, uh, processing. Fabulous stuff. Well, Graham, uh, great to hear from you. And uh, from the cab of your truck today, your opportunity to speak to the nation, what a wonderful thing technology is. And Graham, uh, encouraging listeners around Australia about what's happening in your local church and growing through these times when a lot of churches have struggled. Graham, thanks so much for your call today on 2020. Let me come back to something that came out while Graham was talking there, uh, the idea of paradigms. Uh, we have 
ways of thinking that as times change need to be updated. What are your thoughts here, Nick, on the way that there's a paradigm shift required if you're going to really put the church on the front foot? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting uh, suggestion that Graham's made, and I I agree with it. I, I also think um, it's a bit of a both end for me, uh, rather than either or. I think we do need to think differently about perhaps the ways in which we engage with uh, with community and the ways in which we express our faith, um, and that goes to all elements of church life and Christian life. I, I think being applicable and relevant to the culture and the context uh, is important. I mean, we see that in um, uh, in so much of Scripture, and particularly in, in Paul's journeys, that he would often um, he, he he talked about moulding himself in order to fit within the environment uh, where he found where 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 he was located. Now, there's a there's a, a temper that you know there's a there's a an extent to which we also are often called to be countercultural, and um, and 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 we're also called to be the one thing we're called to be consistently is to be followers of God. So no matter where we are, we there will there should be a level of consistency to how we behave as individuals and as churches. Um, but there's absolutely a role uh, for looking again at our approaches and our and our strategies and the way in which we we uh, we reach out to others. Um, so yeah, I think a paradigm shift in our thinking is uh, is really helpful. I also think it's though about um, going back to basics and 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 perhaps even returning to the origins of our faith. Uh, you know, the the call to love God and love others uh, was, according to Jesus, the the most important of um, of all the commandments, and uh, and it applied it applied then. It has applied since the beginning of the t- of time, and it still applies now. So. I think it's a, probably a bit of a balance for us as um, as believers and as churches to look at ways that we can differently and and, and more powerfully present uh, our faith and and um, and witness to the world, but also just returning to the core of what it means to actually be a Christian. Uh, the idea of getting back to basics doesn't necessarily mean be old-fashioned and look old while you're doing it. There's a lot of great mm. modern ways. It's the idea, I guess, when you talk about uh, one church has used the organ for worship, another has a band on stage. Uh, there's something about basics there. We all want to worship God, but we don't necessarily do that in the same way. We've got to change paradigms, update things as we go for new generations. And and that's not the same for every church. Some will want to maintain some of those uh, old-fashioned things, depending on people, no doubt, in church life. And with the question, if you think the image of the Christian church is bad... What do you think should change to make it better? Your opportunity to have your say. Let's take a call from Peter, who is in Picton in New South Wales. Hello, Peter. Welcome along. Hi. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can hear you, Peter. What are your thoughts? Oh, good. Okay, so, um, look, I've been a Christian a long time, and I've been in church, I've been out of church, and I see a growing number of unchurched non-Christian people, and I see the effectiveness of the church right now, and it's it's wanting. So, I don't know, I get back to the Bible, as we all need to do, and I read Acts, and I, and I see that, that as Christians, we're going to ask, whose house are we building? Are we building 
our house or the Lord's house? And should the church be in the four walls or should it be out amongst the byways and the alleyways? I'm sorry I'm having a little preach try. I don't mean to do that, but I don't know. Does this make sense a little bit? It does. Whose house are we building? And so when we ask that question, you know, do you think the image of the Christian church is bad? What do you think should change? You're saying, hey, let's get on the side of building the house of God. Let's get a thought or two from Nick. Nick, what are your thoughts for Peter? Yeah, thanks, Peter. I couldn't agree more. I think as um, I, I used similar words earlier in saying we need to get outside the four walls and, and realize that we are the church. Uh, buildings are helpful and they can be a great blessing uh, to believers and non-believers alike. But if that's all that we are, then, uh, then we're not doing what we're called to do. Uh, there's a there's a verse in um, uh, in Isaiah that talks about stretching stretching our tent curtains wide, and that's uh, that's often used in the context, or when I've heard it in church context, it's uh, normally around uh, raising money to be able to build bigger buildings or improve our buildings, and there's a role for that, and and that can be really important. Uh, but part of my um, I hope prophetically inspired vision for for what the church can be in Australia is one where we stretch our tent curtains well, well beyond our buildings and into community. Um, and indeed, when the, the, the tent, the covering uh, of the church uh, goes into the, the world around us, uh, that's when it can provide a shelter uh, for, for those outside the church who, who are in need. It's when it creates opportunities for us to engage in conversations and get to know one another. Uh, it's when we can actually be the church uh, and uh, and be the best uh, the best version uh, of, uh, of what it means to be uh, to be a Christ follower. So I, I totally agree with you, Peter, and I, 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 uh, I think there are a lot of people who feel the same way. Peter, thank you so much for your contribution today. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's take another call. Rob is in Perth, WA. Hello, Rob. Welcome. Hi, how are you going? Very well, Rob. What are your thoughts? Uh, I kind of agree with the previous uh, speaker. Um, Perth used to be known for the unity of the church, especially the uh, Perth Charismatic Ministers uh, Fellowship. But then it turned out to be building just denominations, not not unity in the church. And I just see uh, where it's become more um, catering for entertainment than building, building Christ Church. Well, great insight there. Nick, your thoughts on the idea of building unity, not just denominations? Yeah, I think that's very, very important. There, there's, uh, there, there can be a role for, for denominations, and I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, but uh, I think that perhaps one of the, the best things that the various denominations can offer is diversity. Uh, there, there is there's so much um, to... Uh, to explore, I guess, in our uh, understanding of God and and, the, and everything that that He is in our lives and in the world, and and I think each of the different denominations actually offers a, a different perspective, uh, almost like a different view and vision of God. That uh, when it all comes together, gives us a that broader sense of of uh, of the wonderfulness of who He is. And so I I think that when the church comes together in unity, not just within denominations, because that is important, but also then across denominations, that's when you start seeing real, real power. Um, I'm actually encouraged in Perth. I think there is a move towards that sort of unity that you're you're talking about. 
there's a there's a, a growing movement called Perth Together, uh, which is a, a coalition of churches from across denominations. Uh, there's increasing work being done in um, uh, in WA and indeed in other parts of the country. There, there does seem to be a move uh, of the spirit that is bringing. Christians and churches together across denominations in genuine unity in a way where we are a reflect. You know, the Bible talks about us being the the, the body of Christ, uh, and uh, and and there is a sense, or I certainly have a sense, that the body of Christ is is beginning to come together as one. Uh, and I think that that's incredibly exciting because uh, what what more and and how better can we can we be um, serving and blessing others when we uh, when we actually come together and, and do it as one? Thanks so much to Rob from Perth. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to have your say. You can respond on Facebook too. There's a question there that asks if you think the image of the Christian Church is bad, what do you think should change to make it better? Let's take another call. Faye is in Swan Creek in Queensland. Hello, Faye. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Sorry well. if I'm out of breath. I'm actually digging a trench to put some stormwater drains in because <laughs> the Lord gave us all that beautiful rain, but he gave me a bit too much. He's given you a job to do. <laughs> he has indeed. Keeps me out of mischief. For your question, the, the caller, not the last man was lovely. I agree with everything he said. The gentleman before, I think he's he had such a valid point because... I've been in church, in a number of churches. I know that I have a very personal relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I think has always struck me is we look to buildings like the man said in denominations or as I call it, brands. But the body of Christ is the church and that means wherever we are in our homes, to the people next door to us, across the road or in our townships. We should be available to them and that shows the true Christ that we know because he was there. He was always there somewhere, not just at a particular building at a particular time. And I think that's why a lot of people who want to know who he is they want to go, but they see what a friend of mine calls, <laughs> she calls them the, the church angels and the street devils. <laughs> and I think, unfortunately, there's been too much of that out there for everybody who wants to be involved in finding out who Christ is. The media puts out all the people that do wrong in a church, in whatever, whatever denomination, and it's in every, because we know. We sit in church as his sheep, but the one who could be beside us could be the wolf in sheep's clothing because he's the deceiver. And it wouldn't do for us all to be able to say, yes, we'll get together as a body because then he knows he's lost the battle 100%. So one of the things that I say is what we have to do to show everybody who a Christian is is just be exactly who we should be. Christ in the very minute with whomever is with you and let the Holy Spirit do the work because it will. Faye, wonderful insight. Be Christ in the moment wherever you are and amazing other things that you've shared in there too. Nick, what are your thoughts for Faye? 
Yeah, I think it's beautiful, Faye. <laughs> not, not much more that I can that I can add than than what you said. I I completely agree. Um, being Christ in that moment, um, being led by the Holy Spirit, I, I resonate with that with that uh, strongly. And uh, there is, um, yeah, you, you you said something about we we protect ourselves from um, from attacks, whether spiritual or, or otherwise, uh, when we are able to actually come together, um, put aside our, our um, disagreements, embrace our differences, uh, and sit as one. That's when we are most powerful as believers and as a church. And we certainly see that um, we have advisory councils uh, of uh, amazing Christian and church leaders from across the country. Um, this is our cinnamon, uh, and we, we're making a, a, a kind of concerted effort to have as much diversity as possible uh, on those councils, not only denominationally but also culturally, linguistically, um, we uh, we are seeking greater representation from um, from Indigenous Christian leaders and um, and those from non-English speaking backgrounds. And I think that's it's so powerful for me when I get to sit with our advisory councils and I look around and, and the people present look like the church and and look like um, the people of God, uh, and that is. Uh, that's that's a great blessing to me, and I, and I hope through our work as Cinnamon is a is a is a great blessing to those in need in the in the wider community. Faye, thank you so much for your call. Lots of people would be saying, "I wish we had a Faye sitting in our church." Wonderful to hear from you, Faye. Let's talk just enlarging this a little bit because, interestingly, uh, there might be a lot of people in churches with that same attitude that Faye has. You know, I'm Jesus' hands and feet. I'm Jesus in the present, in the moment, whenever I'm having those gatherings and uh, meetings with people, no matter where they might be, on the street or at the shopping centre or whatever. But there's something that happens in church life which we can't avoid here, and that is the idea that the leaders in your church are wanting to mobilise the people to do the sort of thing that Faye does. And I guess that's why you have programs in church, not to waste everybody's time, but to mobilise and release those wonderful heart opportunities in people to connect with people outside of the church. There's a lot of practical things we can get into, Nick, and there are a lot of things that you've been working on with Cinnamon Network with the idea of uh, getting best practice for the way that you might do those things that connect people in your church to the community. I wonder if we can focus on these. Have you got some favourite things that you've been working with uh, that we can talk about? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that we're discovering, and it shouldn't be a surprise, is that churches across the country are doing amazing work uh, in in the community. Uh, there are some really remarkable church-led projects, and uh, and our our role as Cinnamon is just uh, discover. I, I get to to discover them and identify them, and 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 where and where possible, help replicate them across the country to to other churches of all denominations and sizes who might. Uh, want to be doing something in the community or on a particular issue, but don't know how. Uh, so we have uh, a menu of, uh, of projects of these examples of, of best practice in church-led community projects that we uh, that we are seeking to share with um, with the wider church, and uh, we've got uh, a number already on our menu. We're adding more uh, at the moment. Let's go through a few of, of those, those, Nick, uh, yeah. because there's one called Kids Hope. Uh, just uh, quickly, yep. what is all that one about? Yeah, so Kids Hope. I'll give you. I'll give you three quick examples. So the Kids Hope um, is an incredible project that partners uh, a local church with a local primary school, um, and uh, specifically assigns a mentor from the church with a young person in that primary school who's some, someone at risk. Uh, and the mentor goes. They spend one hour 
um, once a week with that child, just speaking into their life, helping them with whatever they might need, whether it's homework or just talking through the challenges that they might be experiencing. Um, and the transformation that happens in the space of one hour, once a week, the relationship that's built, the way that that can uh, fundamentally change the way that child sees themselves uh, and, and everything about them. It's just it's quite remarkable. So Kids Hope does some amazing work. Um, we have another called Circuit Breaker, uh, which has grown out of a church in Queensland. That's a domestic violence prevention program that brings together people who are struggling with um, with issues around anger um, and that's um, uh, having a negative impact on their relationships. It takes them through a course which helps them to unpack that, to deal with that and uh, and to, to prevent people from becoming um, perpetrators of domestic violence. Uh, so that's a, that's a really interesting, challenging, timely needed program. Uh, and one other is uh, is coach uh, again a, a mentoring based program that uh, that connects uh, mentors from local churches with um, people doing it tough in, in the community, whether individuals or families, young people. Um, there's a there's a specific um, version of coach that's been created um, and and being rolled out in Indigenous communities in particular, which is really really um, encouraging. And uh, and that's just one more example of the sort of work that uh, the churches are doing, local churches are doing, and and able to offer when they. Uh, when they reach out into community and um, and come together as um, uh, as a group of volunteers as within a within a congregation. So, Nick, when you talk about those programs like Kids Hope and Circuit Breaker and Coach, these are not Cinnamon Network projects. These are projects that you've identified that are working in churches in communities that make a huge difference in people's lives. And so, this idea of identifying best practice and then helping other churches get these things up and going so they don't have to reinvent the wheel. That's the sort of thing that you're talking about here. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're, we're set up, as, a, as the name suggests, in a network where we are, um, we're not trying to build a big empire or organisation. We just want to be a network of connection, um, helping connect churches with community, churches with each other, churches with government and the broader society. And one of the ways we do that is by just speaking to the church, looking out there, finding what's working, the amazing efforts um, that are taking place and, and by certifying, identifying and certifying and promoting um, these projects as cinnamon recognised projects. They're not, they're not our projects, but we are endorsing them um, and, uh, and offering them and helping promote them to the wider church. So as you say, there's, there's less need to reinvent the wheel and, um, and more of a sense from the local churches that the work that they're doing is, is um, best practice and most likely to have a, a tangible impact in the lives of those in need. No doubt there'll be people thinking, we've got some amazing projects working in our local church. Why don't why doesn't Nick talk about our program? Well, I think, uh, am I right in saying here, Nick, you'd like to actually connect with people who've got amazing programs running, where you've got best practices in place uh, that you can actually then uh, use to, uh, to, to share with other churches who are going through this sort of idea of, you know, how do we get all the best practice going so that we can be effective in our community? Let's just touch on... Uh, uh, some more of these ones that you've got. We've got one called Mainly Music, helping churches host fun music groups uh, for families in their communities. Uh, is that one that one going well? Oh, but it's going brilliantly. Um, Joe Hood, who who runs Mainly Music, is a part of our um, replication community for, for Cinnamon in Australia. 
um, mainly does some credible work across some, um, uh, yeah, through ch- through communities, but using church buildings and running uh, uh, music and dance um, uh, sessions, for, particularly for uh, for children and, and their parents. Um, a brilliant way of being able to bring people together in the sense of community and provide support for um, for parents and um, and for young families. Um, we have a community food care, which uh, began out of um, uh, in it's running throughout New South Wales. It's a it's like a community supermarket really. Uh, that uh, and, and food program that helps people who are um, experiencing food insecurity, but it's not just a handout. It's a it's a, a very empowering, um, sustainable approach to to providing food support. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we're we're looking all the time uh, to identify uh, new initiatives uh, and um, and new projects that are out there. So Nick, you've got one. Know of them. You've got one called Stable One. Now, this is uh, yes, this one's interesting because uh, we're not too far out from a little bit of cool weather coming on us around the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, churches mm-hmm. working together to provide shelter in the coldest times of the year. Is this something, you know, because sometimes we think, oh, we can't do that. We're only small as a church. But when you get together with others, it's amazing how you can intensify and uh, get things going that you never thought you could do on your own. Is this one of those that working together works great? Oh, absolutely. In fact, this is one where working together is absolutely essential. Um, and we talked about the importance of getting out beyond our four walls, but also let's re- let's recognise the, the value of having four walls and a roof uh, and what we can what we can do as churches and church buildings uh, to provide that shelter um, in, a, in a physical sense for those uh, for those who, who are experiencing homelessness particularly during the winter months uh, so stable one does some incredible work in bringing together churches across denominations over the coldest months of the year um, and they basically take it in turns a, a local church will sign up and say on these these during this week or on these these nights we will be the shelter we will be the refuge for people experiencing homelessness in our community um, and it's an amazing way of being able to uh, mobilise volunteers, engage in a, in a tangible way with people in our communities and and, um, and provide that shelter. Um, they're actually doing uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful network of churches down here in Melbourne uh, Whitehorse, Ch- Whitehorse Churches Care out in the, um, the eastern suburbs and they're running a w- winter shelter in partnership with Stable One um, this, uh, this coming winter. So uh, some amazing, amazing work happening and, and a beautiful example of the church kind of functioning as one. And we haven't got time to enlarge a lot here, but you've got an initiative and lots of churches around the nation are involved in some sort of civic prayer breakfast and uh, your local councillors and your mayor and uh, they come together with church leaders. You're getting together a cinnamon-focused City civic prayer breakfast model because there's some ways that that can work particularly well no doubt works very well hand in hand with your faith action audit when you can demonstrate to your civic leaders what sort of impact your churches are making but uh, getting together as church leaders with your civic leaders a very powerful way of having a great church impact Absolutely. Yeah, it, mo- it most definitely is. I, 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 as I said, I was up in Queensland um, uh, yesterday and the day before. I had the pleasure of meeting with one of the mayors um, up that way and uh, uh, who himself is Christian. And, and it, was, it was wonderful to start having some of those conversations about uh, the ways in which uh, church and government and the corporate sphere and arts and entertainment, people in, in, in all, from all spheres of society, uh, can come together at, at events like a prayer breakfast. Um, and to be honest, whether people are, are, are believers or not, I think that, that leaders in our community, civic leaders, um, see a role 
for the and 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 need to see a role for the church in community. And part of it, part of where that can come from is is us reaching out to them and saying, "Come, have share a meal with us." And, I mean, that was Jesus's um, <laughs> key part of Jesus's ministry model was sharing meals and um, and using that as a time for connection and prayer. That's very very powerful. Wonderful stuff, and we have run out of time, but there's been some wonderful ideas uh, talked about through this hour, and thanks to all those callers who called in and uh, expressed their own thoughts and concerns, and uh, might I say, uh, just wonderful to hear that there's a real positive way of saying, let's get on the front foot, uh, let's not worry about uh, you know what the headlines might say, because the image of your church and your community, as I've heard, is a little bit of a common thread there, it comes down to the individuals, and where you are at when you're relating to people in your community. But wonderful initiatives there where churches can mobilise those individuals to make a real impact on behalf of the Christian churches. Nick McKay is a social entrepreneur and author and he's the National Director of Cinnamon Network Australia. I do want to give the website because there might be some people saying, I'd like to connect with Nick. I'd like to find out what Cinnamon Network is all about. We've got some programs. We're interested in best practice and how we can get some of those principles in place so that we'll be really effective in the way that our church works in the community. Well, here is the website, cinnamonnetwork.com forward slash AU. We did mention Cinnamon Network's an international organization. So cinnamonnetwork.com forward slash AU. And I do want to mention too, Nick, you've only recently released your first book. It's called Faith, Death and Pills, telling your story about your journey to Jesus, the death of your first child, and your battle with mental illness. Now, uh, we'll have to have a talk another day to enlarge on some of those, perhaps, but uh, how's your book going? I mean, it's been out and about uh, for a little while now. How are things going with your book? Yeah, it's going great, thank you. There's been some, some really uh, lovely and positive feedback, and um, uh, and it's it's been a wonderful journey to be able to kind of uh, write down my story and share it with others, and I hope that it's a, a great sense of encouragement and hope for uh, people who might have experienced their own challenges, because we all do from time to time, and, uh, and our faith can be uh, the thing that really helps us through. But it's not always easy, and, uh, and sometimes sharing honestly about those challenges is... Uh, is one of the most powerful things we can do. So, um, I, yeah, I'd love to chat further and um, we, at another time. Uh, we'll make a time on another day and we'll talk about your story. And I know that listeners, when we talk about Cinnamon Network and uh, not just another organisation, the man at the helm has a real-life story to tell. Uh, it's good to put flesh and blood on that just by mentioning uh, that you've been through some of those struggles. But your heart is uh, to see God really at work in the local churches of this nation Nick McKay, National Director, Cinnamon Network Australia, the website cinnamonnetwork.com forward slash AU. Nick, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.